Hi, welcome to John Not Quite Calvin. I am your host, John Not Quite Calvin. So today I wanted to talk to you about something that I that I value a great deal. Uh, something that's really close to my heart, something that's very important to me. And that would be uh, books. I have shelves upon shelves of books. Literally, my bedroom is just full of books. I have friends that have helped me move, that they, they've helped me move, and they threaten to burn all of my books because of how many I have. I love books. I've always loved books. Uh, they have gotten me through a lot of really hard times. When I was a kid, uh, I spent a lot of time reading. I didn't have too many close friends, but I had a lot of books. Uh, when I was in school, uh, I read when I get bored at work, I read, I read all the time and I read everything. Uh, I've read comics, fiction, historical books, uh, biographies, apologetics, theology, really all sorts of books. I read them all the time. Books are actually so important to me that I'm one of those guys that I actively cringe when people mistreat books. Like, (laughs) When you go into a bookstore and you see somebody just open up a book flippantly and just go, oh, hey, look at this. I have a 600-page book and I can flip through it in like four seconds flat. I don't do that to your friends. Stop doing it to mine. Like literally, you you break the spine of a book. I'm like, uh, I don't break the spine of your friends. Stop doing it to books. I, I'm one of those people that I really care about people and animals, but I feel the same way about books sometimes like it's it's seriously it's probably horrible that i feel that way but i'm i'm just emphasizing the fact that books are extremely important to me and the thing is that it really bothers me that there's so many books out there we have so much knowledge at the tip of our fingers but yet we ignore All of these books, we ignore all of these different authors, all of these different theological works. Uh, We ignore biographies. We ignore, we ignore vast swaths of history. And to be completely honest, there's so much that's out there. There's so much that has been written that really, I think that everybody would greatly benefit from just opening up a couple of books and, and just reading for a little bit. So I've gone ahead and I've taken a few arguments that I've heard about books and I'm going to tear them apart one by one because I'm a jerk like that. And also because I I really do actually take this seriously and it's not just an obsession with books. I actually really think that one of the most beneficial things that we as, as humans can do is read. So I want to go ahead. I'm going to take a couple of these arguments and just tear them apart for you guys. So first and foremost, the main argument that you're going to hear is they're boring. Books are boring, extremely boring. Not if you read about something you're interested in. You know, it's one of those things. Uh, I live in Omaha, Nebraska. And a lot of people think, oh, geez, Omaha is such a boring city. Nebraska is such a boring state. Uh, when I first came here with the military, the 
biggest complaint that I ever heard was the fact that the base was in Bellevue, Nebraska, which is right next to Omaha, Nebraska. But the thing is this, Omaha really is about as boring as you're going to make it. Omaha is a big city. Uh, It does have a lot of stuff. Yeah, it's a little bit more rural. It's a little bit more slowed down than a major city. But to be completely honest, I actually like the fact that it's a little slower because it means that the traffic never gets horrendous. Like, I'm from Colorado. One thing that I absolutely hated was going down to downtown Denver because it takes 45 minutes to get to Denver when I live 10 minutes away. And I'm talking about going down the interstate. Traffic is horrible. There's just, there's so many people packed into one place. Omaha, I can go from my house to downtown Omaha in 10, 15 minutes. And I don't live really close to Omaha. So it's about as boring as you're going to be able to make it. So getting back though to books, books are really probably about as boring as you can make them. If you're going to read about something that you're not really interested in, of course, books are going to be boring. Find something that you're interested in. And the thing is that there's so much, there's so many different books out there on so many different things that I guarantee you that you can find something that you're interested in. And if you're interested in Christianity, you're going to want to read about Christianity. That's part of the reason that I really point to the fact that if you're a believer, you should be reading the Bible because you want to learn about God. And the best way to do that is, of course, reading the scriptures. So, yeah, there's, you know, there's no real excuse to say, oh, well, reading is boring. Find something you're interested in. If you're really interested in finding out why is it that homosexuality is a sin, there are books about this. If you're really interested in knowing, hey, how did we get to where we are today? Plenty of historical books about that. Hey, what's the difference between uh, evangelical Christianity, Protestant Christianity, and Catholicism? Whole bunch of books about that. If you're interested in learning a little bit more about theology, you can find different aspects of theology have been written out. And they've been written out by people who are just very smart, but very good about dumbing things down, I guess, for regular people. Uh, seriously, read anything by R.C. Sproul. He answers a whole bunch of different questions. John MacArthur answers a whole bunch of different questions. You want to read about the gospel? You want to get really passionate about the gospel really fast? Read the series by Paul Washer about the gospel. It is fantastic. If you want to find out why is Lutheranism so different than a lot of the different sects in Christianity, read about Martin Luther. And you'll understand exactly where everything's where everything happens uh, and why it happens. Seriously, there's books on apologetics. There's books on transgenderism right now. There, there are books about transgenderism. There are books about marriage, relationships, dating. Uh, there are books that are really just concise theology, like very much, hey, here are some of the basics that you should know. And it gets kind of deep into things like that. If you're interested in finding out what is the purpose of the church, lots of books about that. There's so many different books out there that really you just need to go out there, find something that you're interested in, and there's probably a book about it that you can read. And not only that, when you start reading a book about something that you're interested in, 
that's probably going to lead to that author. That might lead to a ministry. That might lead to a whole series and different aspects of your life that you don't realize that you want to read about. And there's books about those. It's fantastic. And not only that, reading is actually extremely healthy for you. You might not realize it, but reading it works your mind. It rests your eyes more than any screen. If you think, oh, well, I, I just, I watch TV because it relaxes me. You're actually working your eyes a lot when you're looking at a TV screen. When you're working on a computer or playing a video game, you're actually working your eyes a lot. You want to give your eyes a rest? Read a little bit. Uh, reading promotes sleep. Uh, it promotes relaxation. And it's got a whole bunch of different benefits as well. Um, one, one of the key things is it works your mind. They've actually done studies about this. People who read more and who do uh, word searches and crossword puzzles and actively work their minds and continue to learn are actually at a far less, uh, they're far less likely to get some sort of mental uh, disease as they're older, uh, like dementia and Alzheimer's. Uh, it works your memory more too. So it keeps you active. You can actually live longer by reading because your mind's going to be more active. Okay, why can I, why read when I can just listen? Uh, audiobooks are a thing. Uh, you can go onto Audible and you can get any book and it's already being read. And it's being read by somebody with a fantastic, deep and melodramatic voice. Unlike mine. Um, <laughs> fun fact um, about listening to things. Uh, you actually don't remember or retain a lot of information that you hear. You actually learn and remember about five times more when you read it. Um, another thing, uh, it's really hard to miss here or miss something. Uh, if you get distracted, if you go right back and read it. So if you're reading a book and you get distracted, fun thing about books, they, they don't change. You can go back and you can read the thing before you got distracted, understand what it is that you're getting at, what the author's getting at. Um, also, uh, audio versus physical, uh, specifically with a Bible, you can take notes and remember even more with a physical Bible than if you just listen to the Bible on your way to work. Seriously, as awesome as it is being able to listen to a bunch of books and sure it can help you and you can retain some knowledge, you're going to remember a lot more and it's going to be a lot more easily remembered and stored in your memory if you read it than if you listen to it. I don't have the time. I guarantee you, you do. I'm a very, very busy guy. In fact, I'm in the middle of a pretty major process where I'm having to actually cut down on a lot of stuff that I'm doing because I've become so busy. 
like seriously, I, I have a full-time job. I, I tried to do this podcast. I run a house. I'm part of a bunch of different studies. Uh, I try to be involved at work. I try to be involved at, uh, at church. I try to be involved with people that aren't, that don't go to church that are Christians. Uh, and I still have to try to find time to read my Bible, but I still find time to read. I still find time to read history books and Christian books, comics, my Bible, there's, there's a bunch of different things. And not only that, I still have the free time to go shooting and watch movies. Two things that I, I'm just, I'm passionate about. I like doing, and I have a lot of fun doing it. But the thing is that I am a very busy person. I still find time to read. I guarantee you, you can find time to read. Uh, instead of watching Netflix all night, how about you just watch Netflix some of the night? Instead of being on Facebook for an hour, why don't you try reading for half an hour, being on Facebook for half an hour, if not cutting out Facebook entirely? How much time do you spend on YouTube? I spend a lot of time on YouTube. If I cut out YouTube from my life and replaced it with reading, I probably wouldn't have a reading list. I'd probably be buying books. You can find time. I guarantee it. I mean, seriously, think about how much time you spend doing things that don't really benefit you a bunch. I mean, how much time do you spend seriously watching YouTube videos, watching Netflix, going on Facebook, going on uh, Twitter, I don't know. I'm not very into social media, but how much time do you spend on social media? You can definitely spend that time reading. Uh, another thing too is you can read before you go to bed. You can read after you wake up. You can read when you're in the bathroom. Seriously, everybody has to go to the bathroom. Bring a book with you. Don't be on your phone. Bring a book. And, you know, a lot of people are going to be answering things like, oh, well, you read a bunch and you have a bunch of free time because you're single. Uh, is your spouse or your children illiterate? Why don't you read with them and then you both benefit? Or you all benefit? Why don't you read a good theological book out loud to your child. Yeah, your kid might not really be able to understand all of it, but they're probably going to remember enough. And they're probably going to learn enough. And not only that, eventually you're going to get to the point where you establish reading as a habit with your family and your kids will read as well. Reading is absolutely fantastic. Another one that really, really, really gets under my nerves. Like it really gets on my nerves. It really gets under my skin is when people say, uh, reading is stupid and useless. Uh, I hear this a lot from Christians. Reading is just stupid and useless. I would much rather just read my Bible and get all my information from there and not books. I mean, books are just the opinions of men. Books are useless. 
church is useless. Yeah, let that sink in. Church is useless. If you're going to use that logic, church is useless. That sermon that you're listening to from your pastor is useless, and it's the opinions of men. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that a lot of people are running around doing that. I don't think a lot of people are running around saying, well, it's useless for me to go to church because it's just the opinions of men. And I'm much better off just reading the Bible and getting what, what the Bible says and, and applying that to my life. No, no, you go to church for a reason. Church isn't useless. Your pastor isn't useless. When your pastor is preaching from the word of God, we give that the authority it deserves. And I don't see why books are treated any differently. Sure. I might not know the pastor. I might not know the author personally. However, if this person is qualified to be a pastor at a church, if this person is qualified to teach, if this person is teaching from the scriptures and he's applying it, books are just as useful as sermons. Books are just as important to the Christian life as going to church and learning at church, going to the Sunday morning classes, going to the different things that the church puts together, going to the, the G3 conferences, the, the journey conferences, the worship conferences, the, all of these different activities that we go to where there's a person standing in front of us behind a pulpit, reading from the Bible and teaching from it. It's, it's the same as reading. Yeah, when you say that books are useless because it's just the opinions of men, why is it any different when the person's not writing it down? Of course, your Bible's going to be far more authoritative. Never go contrary to the scriptures. That's why I really love the, the quote from Spurgeon. Visit many books live in the Bible. Visit many books, live in the Bible. Read a bunch of books. Seriously, there is so much stuff out there. Read Sproul, read White, Washer, Packer, Luther, Bonhoeffer, all of these different people. Read them, but live in the Bible. Spend more time reading your Bible than you do reading these books but don't neglect these books. Seriously, don't neglect these books. And even if they're old, even if they're the Puritan stuff, don't neglect them. One of the greatest books I have ever read that has had a major impact on me, other than the Bible, was The Pilgrim's Progress, written by John Bunyan. It is quite possibly the oldest book I own, as in the publishing date, it is quite possibly the oldest book that I've ever read. Wait, no, that's wrong. I have read The Bondage of the Will. That came out before. But The Pilgrim's Progress is, shoot, 400 years old? It's at least 300 years old. But it's still relevant. Why? Because all Bunyan did 
was he took the scriptures and he applied it to the Christian life and the Christian walk. And he made it in a fictional journey. It is absolutely fantastic. If you, if you take anything away from this podcast, go read the Pilgrim's Progress. If you take anything from this, anything that I've said, go and read the Pilgrim's Progress. I am not joking. It is not a waste of time. It is absolutely fantastic. You will never regret reading that book. Uh, personally, I read the one that's in uh, modern English just because I have a really hard time uh, diving deep and appreciating things that aren't in modern English. That's kind of a fault on my part. It's also kind of a fault on the Colorado public education system. <laughs> but anyway, it's a fantastic book. Fantastic read. Go and read that. So let's see here. Yeah, seriously. Books are some of the greatest things ever. In my career field, I have never, let's see. So uh, in my career field, I'm not allowed to carry uh, electronics a lot. So I have spent plenty of time away from a computer, away from my phone, away from any electronics. And I've never been somewhere that I couldn't have a book. I've never been somewhere I couldn't have a book. Seriously, download some things on, on your phone to read. I mean, I don't personally care for that. And yeah, you're going to get the screen effect and you're not going to get to rest your eyes. But if, if you're going to have your phone on you, you might as well put something useful on there. Download some Christian books. Uh, it fits in your pocket. It's great. Otherwise, what's so bad about walking around carrying around a book? Uh, I have a backpack that I bring to work now, and I have a book in there. I have a notebook in there, and I'll spend my time when I have a break, when there's nothing really going on, if I'm on a lunch break or if I'm just taking a break from melting my eyes in front of my computer screen, I'll read for a little bit. Bring a book. You can carry it with you to the bathroom. You can read it when you have a break. You can read it in your car, uh, waiting for it to warm up in the middle of the winter. Have a book. All of the greatest minds of our time have spent a lot of time reading. If you think about it, a lot of them have gone through and been saying, what is the key to success? The key to success is reading. If you want to be a subject matter expert on something, if you want to understand something, read about it. Why do I know so much about, uh, I don't know, World War I? I read a lot of books about it. Why do I know so much about military history? I read a lot of books about it. I find it interesting. I find it fascinating, so I read about it. Why do I know so much about the Reformation? I've read about it. Why do I know so much about Martin Luther? I read about him. I read a biography about him, and I've read one of his books. Why do I know... Why do I know about a lot of things? I've just read about it. Not only that, 
you want to know a great way to mature. If you're really struggling to mature in your faith as a Christian, read, seriously, read your Bible. That is the absolute key. You read your Bible all the way through Genesis to Revelation, you will know so much about God, it'll blow your mind. And not only that, here's the real great thing about the Bible. You go back to the beginning, Genesis, all the way through to Revelation again, as you understand the New Testament better, the Old Testament begins to make sense. As you read more of the Old Testament, the New Testament makes more sense. As you read more of the different prophets and all of their miracles and all of their actions, the more you will understand the ministry of Christ and why it was so important and why people were mistaking Christ for Jeremiah or Isaiah or Elijah. If you read about those people, you will understand more about that. Reading is absolutely fantastic. Books are absolutely fantastic. 10 out of 10. I would recommend reading books. Um, I think I've gone on a rant long enough uh, for you guys to, uh, to get the idea that I'm really passionate about this. But I also kind of want to point you to something. I'm not going to give a direct quote, but I always think about a few things that Christ said. When Christ got in a debate with the Pharisees, he would always point them and say, have you not read? Have you not read? That's, that's one of the big things. A lot of the theological issues that we have in the church today can really be summed up by, have you not read? Have you not read in the scriptures why we worship have you not read why we gather as a church? Have you not read why it's so important for us to get things right? Have you not read why it's so important that Christ came to die for our sins? Why we repent and believe? Why the exclusivity of Christ? Have you not read about that? And another thing too, when he was walking to the road to Emmaus, Christ described from Genesis, all the way through the Old Testament, why everything concerned and pointed to him. All of the Old Testament is about Jesus Christ. All of the scriptures are about Jesus Christ. Read them. Read them. Another thing, too, is I have noticed a lot of the issues that we have in modern day evangelical Christianity in America have already been dealt with. They've already been dealt with. Why do we do things the way that we do? Because we've already dealt with it. Read some of the more historical guys. Read a little bit about church history. Read some of these theological books and you'll understand why is it that we don't do this? Why is it that it's been this way for so long? Why has this not been debated before? Because it's already been answered. Because we've already gone through the scriptures and we've seen this to be true. If you have questions, I guarantee you somebody has written a book about answers or that, that answers those questions. I guarantee it. But I'm going to go ahead and warn you. 
and I'm going to talk about this a little bit more in my next episode, uh, which hopefully will be coming out shortly. I know that I'm not very good about uh, putting these out weekly. That's my goal. I'm sorry. I've been going through a lot of things. uh, And I didn't feel right uh, uh, talking about these things. I've been sitting on this topic. I've been sitting on this script for about two weeks, two and a half weeks. So hopefully it'll be coming out soon. I'll be talking about that a little bit more, but I'm going to warn you before that episode comes out, please be discerning about who you're reading. Do not read somebody who is not sound and is not good. If you have a question about who this person is and where they stand on certain things, look them up. Just, just look them up. Usually you can find out if somebody's sound or not just by Googling them and finding out what their basic beliefs are. What are they in charge of? What are they known for? What made them famous? And you can also figure out what their view is of the thing that they're writing. So I'm running out of time here. But until next time, Soli Deo Gloria.